Do you ever find yourself in a hurry and wanting things to move at a quicker pace? Well, you've probably discovered that there's no fast and easy route to serving the Lord. Every experience that you face is preparing you to follow and serve God tomorrow. The challenges you encounter and even the temptations you face are God's means of teaching you and preparing you. This is the path Jesus himself followed. Here's Stephen Davy to teach you more. Well, as we set sail today, the gospel accounts give us four important events that now take place in the life of Jesus. Out of the wilderness has come John the Baptizer, this unique, courageous, Old Testament prophet of God. He's wearing a rough camel hair tunic, and I imagine he's got a little locust and honey stuck to his beard. John's been preaching a message of repentance to prepare the nation for the coming Messiah. The public ministry of Jesus is about to begin, but before it does, these four events take place. We'll call the first event identification. Now, we're going to go to Mark's gospel account for this. Chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Now, over in Matthew's gospel, it tells us that John was, you know, somewhat reluctant to baptize Jesus, but, but Jesus insisted. Now, you might wonder why Jesus would be baptized at all. He had nothing to repent of. Well, remember, the basic idea of baptism here is identification. Those people who were being baptized were not only testifying to their repentance, they were also identifying with John's message of the coming Messiah. So when Jesus is baptized here, he's also identifying with the believing remnant in Israel who are expecting the coming kingdom of the Messiah. And now the second event takes place, and that is anointing. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16 reads, When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Let me tell you, when the Son of God left heaven and became a man, he did not surrender his divine nature. He took on a human nature. He's fully God and fully man. And with this anointing here, Jesus, as a man, is going to show us what it's like to be surrendered to the power and leading of the Holy Spirit so that he can complete his messianic mission. By the way, every believer to this day has been anointed. You've been given the Holy Spirit who now resides within you. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 5, 5, that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul writes that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within us. In other words, you and I have the same resource for living a holy life that Jesus had through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, with that, the third event takes place. We'll call that approval. Here's Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. A voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. 
Well, this takes us back to the prophetic words of David in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 7, where we read this, The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. So Jesus is now receiving uh, approval, public approval, from God the Father. Now, following these three events, we come to the fourth and, and very significant event that essentially becomes the first event of Christ's ministry. And in a word, it's temptation. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all weigh in on this event here, and, and, and together, the three accounts give us a very full picture of the temptation. We're told that Jesus is now led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days. Well, Satan seizes this opportunity, and he, and he shows up to tempt the Lord to sin. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3 records Satan's words to Jesus. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Well, he knows Jesus has the ability to end his fasting by feasting on fresh bread. But Jesus answers here in verse 4, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, uh, Satan is tempting Jesus to serve himself, to use his divine powers to satisfy a human need. Let me tell you, Jesus never once used his divine power to make his human life more comfortable. Now, Matthew and Luke agree on the details of all three temptations, but they reverse the order of the last two. Matthew's order is chronological and Luke's is thematic. And we're going to continue following the chronological order So we'll go to Matthew's gospel where he writes now in chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Well, now Satan can quote a little scripture too. But just like he always does, he twists it around to make it mean what he wants it to mean. And with this, he's tempting Jesus to experiment with God the Father's promise to take care of him. He's essentially saying to Jesus, look, Jesus, why don't you test God rather than trust him? And Jesus responds here in verse 7, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Here he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. He counters and says, basically, my confidence in God the Father is so great, I don't need to experiment. I don't need to prove anything. I'm not going to test him. I will trust him. Well, now the third and final temptation is given here in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. In other words, listen, Jesus, why go through the rejection? Why go through all that suffering of a crucifixion and separation from your father? I've been, I've been given delegated authority over the kingdoms of the world. Why wait? I can give it all to you right now. And maybe he showed Jesus a panoramic view of world history. We don't know. But he's saying, Jesus, you can have the crown now, 
and skip the cross. I love Jesus' response here in verse 10. He simply says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And once again, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. He dismisses the devil with his authority. Now, this entire time, Jesus has been in control, and Satan knew it. That's why Matthew says in verse 11, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him or to Jesus. By the way, every response of Jesus came directly from the book of Deuteronomy. I've often wondered how well I would do if Satan tempted me to sin and all I had on hand was the book of Deuteronomy. Well, that's all Jesus needed to counter every attack in this sword fight. Have you ever thought about the fact that Satan is still tempting people today with the same strategy? The first temptation says, look, if you have a need, if it's a legitimate need like hunger, go ahead and fill it. You you deserve it. Jesus had a legitimate need for food and the ability to create it. But Satan was effectively tempting him to fill his desires his way and leave God the Father out of it. We need to go to the Father just as Jesus effectively did, and ask him, do you want me to have this desire? Is is this what you would be pleased with? The second temptation is, look, do you really believe God cares about you? Does he know about, you know, the problems you have in life? Well, just remind yourself that he does know, and he delivers this promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The third temptation is to assume God's will shouldn't be hard or or difficult. Uh, Satan wants you to think that you can have a crown of gold without a cross of wood. But Jesus promises to teach us and refine us through those fiery trials of life that cannot be avoided. So when the tempter comes your way, and he's going to come today, I want you to think of two words. First, run. And I mean run to the Scriptures. Use the truth of God to fight the lies of Satan. And secondly, remember. Remember that whatever you're going through, the Lord Jesus has been touched with the feelings of your infirmities in every respect, Hebrews 4.15 says. He has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He's experienced temptation. He knows what you're feeling today. Well, with that, we're out of time for today. Until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We have a special offer for you today, and I'll tell you about that in just a few seconds. But if you're new to our program, you're listening to The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. We have a free resource to equip fathers who want to lead their families in godliness. Go to wisdomonline.org forward slash dad for information. If you're not a dad, 
feel free to send the link to the fathers you know. Again, it's wisdomonline.org forward slash dad. Then join us next time as we continue with the wisdom journey. 